Episode 101 of the Drive-By Podcast is here. Hi, it's Freeway Frank. Hope you're doing all right. Thank you so much, by the way, for all the downloads, the streams, the follows, the excitement, the messages, the DMs, everything we received, both myself and Natasha, from our last episode, 100. was a milestone episode for my podcast, The Drive-By which uh, Natasha was kind enough to uh, come on. And it was a reunion of sorts. We also made an announcement. In case you missed it, Natasha and I will be hosting our very first podcast together, the Freeway Natasha podcast. Start date sometime soon. When is soon? When we get everything organized and set to go. It's not easy to launch a podcast. I know I've been doing this podcast now for 101 episodes, the one that you're listening to to right here and it takes a lot of effort when you're launching it you need to to make sure you're ready to go have all the information for sponsors have your logo have everything set you have to take photos you know we're going to be taking photos for our new podcast and have a, a proper how do you say it setup basically so that we start and we keep going then of course we have to figure out how many times per week we got a lot of messages from so many of you people suggesting how many times a week we should do it. A lot of people liking the daily podcast thing because of the fact that we were on so often uh, daily on our radio show. So lots of excitement, lots of nice comments. And the thing I love about the fact Natasha and I are going to be doing a podcast is the people who will be following, as I mentioned on the last episode, the people who will be supporting will all be people who like us. You know what I'm saying? So that's what the podcasts are all about, right? You're not following podcasts and listening to podcasts unless you're a complete moron. You're not listening to podcasts that you hate. You're not listening to people that you don't like when you have to download their podcasts or stream their podcasts. It's not like you're turning on the radio. Sometimes on the radio, you have no choice. You, you turn it on. You might not like the people who are on there, including us when we were on. You listen because you like the music that the station plays. You like what the station's about. Maybe you want to win some contests that the station is executing. And so you, you tolerate the host because you have nothing else. Plus, when you're listening to the radio, it's free, right? This is free too, but here we do our own thing. Nobody is going out of their way to follow a podcast they hate. That would be completely insane, right? But there are a lot of completely insane people in this world in 2023 today. So it wouldn't surprise me that haters would find their way to to being here just to hate on a podcast. It, it just makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. That's why I appreciate the fact, and I thank you for all the uh, comments and suggestions and the excitement, because there's a lot of excitement in the air, considering we haven't been on for three and a half years. We left the uh, radio airwaves. It's been a long time. It's going to be four years this summer. So the fact that there's still all that excitement and people still want to listen to us, that's amazing. And will make even more noise, I guess, get even more followers elsewhere. Because the beauty about a podcast, it's not only specific to the city that you're in. In this case, where we'll be broadcasting from, which is Montreal. But the podcast 
will hopefully make sense if you're listening in from other parts of Canada or from other parts of the United States and the world. And it's just two people sitting down talking about the things they like to talk about, debating, chatting, and having a real transparent conversation, which is what we're going to do with the Freeway and Natasha podcast. It felt good having Natasha on here and looking at the stats, and I keep checking the stats every day to see where they're at. I can tell based on that, that the popularity of our podcast is going to be beyond solid because of the numbers I've seen already. So I look forward to doing that with Natasha. As I know, as I have more details. I'll be mentioning it on this podcast, The Drive-By. And again, let me repeat, because I did get messages from people saying, what about The Drive-By? I'm not ending this. This is going to continue. So the cool thing about The Drive-By is this will be my podcast and the Freeway Natasha podcast will be our podcast, Natasha and I together. So something completely different. And it's funny because uh, I'm not saying Natasha read me the riot act, but she told me things she doesn't want to talk about on our podcast, okay? So because we had a brand for many years in Montreal for almost a decade. So there's things that, you know, I guess some paths, some roads she doesn't want to go down. And I understand that. So the funny thing is, is as we're talking, if there's ever something or a road she doesn't want to go down, uh, I might say, Hey, if you want to hear my thoughts on this, my real thoughts on this, tune into the drive-by episode, fill in the blank, and you'll hear it there. So that's the cool thing. And what I'm going to try to do in the next couple of weeks with the drive-by is I have a couple of announcements coming up. Well, one of them I could make right now. This podcast right here is going to focus on having, I'm going to be bringing guests back. It's going to be cool. And then I'll have another announcement. Okay, so I'll leave it at that. That's not to say I'm not going to do solos, but my focus will be having guests on. Whereas Natasha and I, for the first little while, uh, our focus will be her and I doing a podcast together. And I'm sure at some point we'll have guests on as well as time goes on. So, but in the beginning, we're going to focus on putting together a great podcast together, Natasha and I. All right, so let's get to this uh, episode. We're already... The episode already started, but now I wanted to address this because I put this up on my Instagram and it caused a whole fury of of debate. People started writing to me, yeah, DMing me, making comments, and almost everybody agreeing with me, almost everybody from Canada agreeing to me, and then people that listen to this podcast from America disagreeing almost as quickly. And that's because... We have a culture here in Canada for doing one thing when it comes to this, and a culture in America is completely the opposite. Whether you admit it or not, it doesn't matter because it's, it's, it's facts, it's the truth. People in Canada, almost, not almost, everyone I know, and a lot of it has to do with my culture too, the fact that uh, I'm Italian, but I don't know anyone, okay, anyone who allows people to walk in their home with their shoes. So their shoes... Outdoor shoes. So when you have people come over to your home, in other words, you tell them, no, keep your shoes on. Now, there are exceptions when you're hosting a party, when it's summer, people are going in and out from the back. Maybe you have a pool. Maybe you're having a big party. You have a lot of people over at your house, and I'm going to keep telling them to take their shoes off and put them on, whatever the case is. Some people will, and I totally understand that. But for the most part, Canadians... From coast to coast and everywhere I've ever lived, when you walk into your home, 
the first thing you do is take your shoes off. Now, in America, America, completely different. In the United States, almost everyone's home I've been to tells me, no, keep your shoes on. And I always feel weird, and I take them off, and they're like, they look at you like, what are you doing? Put, put your shoes back on. No, no, we don't take off our shoes. So in the States, there are places that I have gone to where I do take off my shoes because the people who own the homes are Canadian, which makes sense. But for the most part, Americans, they don't mind that you walk into their home with your shoes, which I always found bizarre because, and this post that I made on social media over the weekend, these two guys are talking about how dirty and what they found on the soles of people's shoes. Basically, okay, just remember this. If you're wearing your shoes in your home, and I'm talking to you, America, <laughs> all right, just remember this. You go out and you go to the bathroom. Think about it with those shoes. You go to a public restroom. And you're standing in piss, let's be honest, and you're standing in shit. You don't know what's splashing over in a public toilet at a gas station, at a McDonald's, or whatever restaurant you're at. You're walking around. That stuff, it doesn't clean off the, the bottom of the sole, of, uh, you know, the sole of your shoe. It stays there. And then you walk into other places, including people's homes or your own home, and you're bringing all that crap into your home. That's why you don't wear your shoes in the house. And then people say, well, we have carpets. Even worse, you're laying the germs all over the carpet in the carpet fibers. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And I don't get it. I don't understand why the both cultures are different. And by the way, I did get DMs from Americans. Some of our friends of mine, some are listeners of the drive-by. And they said, Frank, we don't allow, we're American. We don't allow people to wear. Okay, well, maybe things are changing. But for the most part, as I would say, the majority of Americans, they wear their shoes in their home. I've seen it myself everywhere, state after state after state. Now, I do have some family members that live in the United States that have come to my house, and they've said things. And by the way, I'm not attacking them because they're different, and they wear their shoes in their home. And they've said to me, whether as a joke or they meant it or they were saying it because they're like, what's going on here? What is this, a museum? You know, <laughs> we have to take off our shoes. We don't take off our shoes in America. Well, yeah, well, here, everybody takes off their shoes. It's two different mentalities, two different cultures. But I have had Americans tell me, you know, you guys have, like, what, these sterile homes, these perfect homes, uh, museums, like you're trying to uh, protect and preserve what exactly? You know, we don't do that. We don't, okay, but this is the thing. When... I go to your home. If you have rules, I'll follow them. If you come to, and it's not about having rules either. It's, it's, it's cleanliness, right? If you come to my home, hey, take off your shoes. That's the way we are here in Canada for the most part. And I don't think I'm being irrational. So they do. And I guess some people feel uncomfortable walking around with their socks. And that's why Canadians, yeah, sometimes it's weird walking around barefoot are the way they are. It's it has to do with cleanliness and it has to do with being very aware of what's at the bottom of the soles of your shoes. It's disgusting. So think about that if you haven't thought about it yet. Think of every place. Like I came back yesterday or the day before from doing this gig and I know I went into the washroom and those nice shoes that I have have touched every floor of every 
you know, nook and cranny of the place I was at, including the toilet, and then it's disgusting. So the first thing I do, I walk in the home. That those those shoes, they don't even enter my home. I leave them in in the garage at the entrance of the garage, the top of the stairs of the garage. That's where that's where I do. I don't bring them in. And if I come through the front door, well, there's a carpet at the front, right? Like a welcome carpet, type, and that's where we leave them, and that's where they stay. They don't touch. The rest of the floor. Now, in the event that I have had, like I said, summer get-togethers at my home where it doesn't make sense, parties where people don't take off their shoes, the first thing I do, what happens when they leave? You mop it down and clean it. If you don't have to, you don't let people walk into your home with their filthy shoes on. That is disgusting. Bottom line. Another thing I wanted to talk about that really upsets me is I saw a post from somebody. This all stems from social media. A post from somebody, and it really bothered me. It made me feel for the animal. It made me feel for the pets. Now, I am going to say something, and this is there's no doubt this is going to bother some people. Too bad, because these are my honest thoughts. But at the same time, I do understand why some people do it, and they might have the right intentions, and the right intentions, I'll explain in a second. There's right intentions and then there's selfishness. And what they're doing is the wrong thing, in my opinion. So that's people who give up their pets. And they either give up their pets because the pets are getting old. The pets are not the same pets they used to be. And they might crap here and there, pee here and there, might be losing their eyesight, might be slower. And all of a sudden they feel... But then again, people do this with, with human beings. People... Some people neglect their seniors. We've seen this happen. Their, their parents, and so what? It surprises me that people would do this with their pets. If you're a pet owner, and you're a true pet owner, you have a dog or you have a cat, this is a member of your pack. This is a member of your family. They are part of your life. My dog lives here. You don't live here. So when you come to my house, you, A, take off your shoes, and number two, you respect my dog because my dog lives here. I don't give a shit that you're not a dog person, I don't give a crap, that whatever, I'll accommodate you if you have allergies, whatever the case is, I understand, I'm not a complete dick, but my dog lives here. You're here for a couple of hours, my dog is here 24 seven, this is his house as well. And it took me a long time to understand that before I even had a pet, right? How emotional, how attached people would get to their animals, but it's true, and I realized really quick after getting my, my dog Enzo, within a, a few months, within a few weeks, within a few days that, he was like a child to me, right? Even though a pet is supposed to be a pet and a dog and an animal, but they become like children to you. So you take care of them. So I saw this post and these people basically said, so here's how, why I respect these people, because of the way they set it and the way they set up the post. So they realized after having their first child that the two dogs that they have, both aged six and seven, whatever the case is, they're, they realized they've been having a hard time keeping up with managing their first child and having these two dogs. So they want to give the dogs up for adoption, but obviously they will keep the dogs till they find a perfect home for these two dogs. I respect that because at least they're being responsible and not just bringing them or dropping them off on the side of the road like some evil people do because that's pure evil. I understand back in the day, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago during World War II, people couldn't even feed their families. So their dog had uh, nine or six puppies, babies, and they had no choice. People did what they had to do. But we live in, in more, way more options 
And that's not the way we should be disposing. You should never be disposing of animals. So I respected these people for wanting to put these dogs up for adoption. Uh, but at the same time, it bothers me because why then get a pet? Why then get two dogs? If the first child you have or the second child you have, you can't manage having all these people and animals in your house anymore. You have to give them up. To me, that's sad. And it's sad for the animal because the animal loves you. The animal is loyal to, to their core. And it's sad to have to watch them leave and be given up because you've moved on with the next phase of your life. They haven't. They, they love you and they want, they want to be there with you. You know what? You signed up for it. You shouldn't be returning animals. But it's better than abandoning, you know, like Quebec, this province that I live in, the most, one of the most ridiculous on the planet for everything. Uh, one of the worst times of the year is moving weekend, with, which is on the uh, St. John the Baptist, St. Jean Baptiste, whatever they call it now, Fête Nationale. Okay, that's when it's a big moving day here in Quebec. And that's when, where, where people, where, where the population feels like they could abandon their pets because they moved and while well, they don't need their pets anymore and that the most pets are abandoned on that day it's pathetic it's disgusting and it's something that i'm, I'm not proud of when it comes to, to living here there's a lot of things that people do here that make no sense to me if you sign up for a pet and you think the pet is cute at christmas and you're giving it as a present birthday first of all you should never gift a pet as a present ever that's not how it works when you commit to a pet you commit to the pet for their lifetime Unless something changes for you and you can't take care. I understand that. Something happens and you can't take care of the pet anymore. You put them up for adoption. I'll, I'll respect that more than, a, than you abandoning the pet. But it really bothered me. Even though these people were responsible and said, as I said, they would keep these, these pets up until they were adopted. It bothered me because I thought, okay, think about this for a second. Just think about it. They're having a child, but they're giving up their other two fur babies because... It's like now we have a child, so the child's more important. We don't have time for the two pets. To me, to me, I have to, the first thing I have to say is, what kind of people are these people? What, what kind of people? But then you can't judge. Try to have some compassion and go, okay, well, at least they wanted to put them up for adopt, adoption or holding on to them for a little while longer until they find a home for these two dogs. But deep down inside, it angers me. It angers me because people should not be doing this. They, they should not be doing this. And to me, there are true dog owners, true pet owners. Think about this. You're listening to this right now. You have a cat. You have a dog. You have a horse. Whatever the, the animal you take care of, whatever the animal is, imagine having to give them up. Like, no way, right? The first thing you're thinking is, fuck that. You know, you're waking up tomorrow and saying, I can't have this animal anymore. And having to give that up, like to me, it would pain me to do that to my dog. I would never in a million years. I'm even dreading the day my dog gets to the point where as long as my dog's not suffering, I'm always going to take care of my dog because that's the kind of person I am. And to me, it says a lot about people, about who the people are, the way they treat animals. It really does. I could see people that care for their animals and love their animals as much as they, they love their kids too. I mean, they have dogs. They have kids, they love their kids, of course, but they love their dogs too. And I respect those people a lot because it's not like now their focus has turned to baby making and having kids and their dog gets neglected and you know put in some corner and like, meh, couldn't care less. There are some people who do that. And those to me are the people you need to watch out in society because they're if they're able to do that to a pet and an animal who lived in their home and they took care of that easily, imagine what they could do to another human.
in either a relationship with another human, in business with another human, they can turn on somebody just like that. And hey, we've heard stories of family members turning on family members when it came to businesses they operated together, uh, wills, inheritance, how they treated each other after money was divided. We've heard, we've heard about all this. Imagine how people would treat an animal, right? If they no longer wanted that animal just to move on and not have the responsibility of taking care of it anymore. And imagine what it says about that person. I'm gonna wrap up this podcast with uh, the aftermath of the ice storm. We had an ice storm here in Quebec, an ice storm that I will not remember because uh, in my area, we didn't, we didn't see anything, barely had any ice, no trees down because it's, it's a newer area and no big trees to be taken down. There was no real ice, but the city of Montreal was hit hard, especially one side, uh, the west side of uh, Montreal, the West Island and Montreal was hit hard. It was horrible. Some people were out of power for, still out of power, a week later, six, seven days later. It's crazy to me that it would take that long to restore power with a storm that, in my opinion, wasn't even, I mean, if, if, if this is how we handle that kind of emergency, and this is not, there was a massive ice storm here in the province of Quebec back in 1998, which was a million times worse, I hear. I was living in Vancouver at the time, but I remember. And now, you know, so many years later, 25 years after the fact, there's one that's not even close to the one that hit 25 years ago, and still, it was utter devastation, right? And the way that the powers that be handled it was even worse. So we were lucky because in, in my area where I live here, just across the bridge from Montreal, when we moved into this area, it's a new area. So they put all, imagine this, they put all the power lines, all the power, all the hydro underground. Sure, it costs more when they're doing it in the beginning, but Montreal, the city of Montreal should be with every new borough, every new area should be doing this, right? And it should be the goal of the entire city to as expensive as it may cost to put their power lines and put their power underground. What it ends up costing, the damages caused and the billions of dollars you end up saving in the future when these things occur and you don't have to worry about it because you don't have outdoor transformers, power lines uh, up on poles and lines, power lines all over the place. So you could go to so many cities in North America and other parts of Canada. Now, albeit newer cities, cities that haven't been around as long as, of course, as the city of Montreal is, is a very old city. This city was discovered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So I get it. But at some point we evolve. At some point we modernize you know, like we've done with plumbing and sewers in the city and you've seen streets and areas closed for months and months and years at a time so that they could fix that. If not, things get worse in the future. That's something that the city of Montreal, no matter what the cost, should consider is burying all the power lines so that our kids together uh, don't have to face these issues in the future. And just seeing how this was handled from a, a provincial standpoint with the government of Quebec, with electric authorities, the hydro authorities, Hydro-Quebec, and how they handled it. And it, it truly it truly is watching what people went through on my Instagram and people without power and people not having power for Easter. So what, does this just keep happening and that's it? We turn a blind eye to it and we don't hold the authorities or people responsible for doing this? Like, we don't complain. We just let, it just seems like everything that, that happens no one says anything people complain we all complain on social media but nobody 
stampedes <laughs> over to City Hall or to Parliament, National Assembly, whatever, to protest and stand up for what's right. Because this is going to happen again. The sad part about all this is with the hashtags, you know, Ice Storm 2023, Quebec Ice Storm is we, and I don't want to be a dick by saying this or, or saying that I'm any better than anyone because I'm not, but I'm not even going to remember this ice storm because in my area, it was done correctly. And when we came here, it was done right. And they did it the right way. And the right way is to bury the power lines. Chances of it happening, slim to numb. Unless there's a problem with the grid, it's never going to be because of your power lines being outside and elevated. A big thing in Montreal is power lines running through trees. You ever see that? These old trees, the branches and the power lines and transformers right next to it. So when they blow up and there's a, a fireworks display, what do you think that, that's going to light up first? Trees. And then after it lights up the trees, what's going to light up the, the, the right? The garages right below carports right below and the homes and it's going to start fires and it's you would think this is elementary stuff right it, that it, just saying this would would wake somebody up or that somebody in the powers that be would f have figured this out already but no 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 i i feel for everybody is still without power and and is frustrated and you have every right to be angry about what happened episode 101 of the drive-by podcast is done you could comment and review anytime on apple five star it on spotify if you can giving a five-star review sure helps we love that and more podcast downloads we get the better for the drive-by once again to download there's an arrow pointing downwards you click on that and you download it of course you could stream it by pressing play but it's always better to download and i thank you in advance for doing that all past episodes of the drive-by including the last episode are all available on youtube you could check out the youtube drive-by page uh, those will have uh, videos on youtube whenever i have an amazing guest sitting right across from me because nobody wants to see me do a solo session by myself with the camera pointed right at me and only me who cares thank you for listening ciao for now the drive-by with Freeway Frank.